So each morning we give these guided meditations. It looks like there's a lot of difference in these guided meditations, but actually it's the same instructions, just building on to what you've had before. So it's really the unfolding experience in your practice. So today I'm going to include unpleasant sensations, what we call pain. And before I give a guided meditation, I would like to talk a little bit about it. Because some of you, you may not have pain. So so if you have already got pain, or if you're planning to have one, (laughs) this is good for you. So, uh, of course, I'll begin with uh, the usual um, mindfulness of breathing, and then I'll guide you through these unpleasant sensations. Right, so pain comes. I don't know if you have heard this, that pain is a given suffering's option. So, actually, um, pain is very common in our daily life, not only in meditation. But in meditation, it becomes very clear because we are not really doing so many things like driving and eating and all this. So we are really stable here. So it looks like pain comes only in meditation or increases during meditation, but it's not so. It's throughout our life, but we just learn how to navigate around it in their life. So in meditation, when it comes, I, I personally, I've uh, learned four ways to deal with it. The first one is to make sure that my posture is proper. Because if you're meditating when you're slouching like this, definitely you're going to have pain in the lower back. So the first approach is to adjust my, my posture. Even in the neck, sometimes we meditate, neck is like this, sometimes like this. So the best way is to make sure that you, are, you, are, you have a proper posture, meditation. Now, when pain still appears. So what I'll do is I'll make it as a secondary object of my meditation. So I'll ground myself in breathing in, breathing out, and breathing like this. And then I'll pay attention to the pain that is arising. So then I may make a mental note, pain, pain, and then come back with the breath. So that's the second method. But when pain is dominant, that means it's taking my awareness away from my primary object, let's say the breath. So what I do, I'll really drop the whole thing about the breath and I just focus on pain. So when I focus on pain, I try to find out how it's in, uh, how it's rising. What's the nature of this pain? Is it pushing? Is it throbbing? Is it pounding? Is it crashing? And all that. So that's making pain as my primary object. And then, whenever I feel it's unbearable, I release the pain. Not change posture, but release. This is releasing like this. And then I continue meditation, my meditation. And it comes maybe another time, 
it's overpowering. I cannot focus on my breath. And then I release a little bit. But you don't want to keep on meditating like this. You look a wimp all the time doing like this. <laughs> no, this is just a, a kind of a skillful mean, actually. Skillful means really to release the tension. Maybe twice in one hour, 45 minutes, I'll release. So uh, then I go to the fourth uh, method. It's called wise surrender. <laughs> it's not actually <laughs> a solution per se, but it actually works. So what I will do is actually I'll be mindful before I change my posture. Intention to change. Intention to change. Intention to change. And then I'll slowly with mindfulness release my leg and then change my posture to another posture. Maybe I go to the chair. So those are the four methods. One is structure adjustment, really look at the posture. Second is make pain as a secondary object. So when you watch the breath, then go to the pain and then come back. And another, the third method is when pain is life-threatening. So what do you do? In other words, you cannot watch your breath. So then I totally forget the breath and then come back, uh, make the pain uh, my primary object of attention. And then I do many things there which I'm going to guide you through. And then finally the fourth method is really to change my posture with mindfulness. But when I change that posture, I make sure that I'm aware of the emotion background so that I don't cultivate aversion to the pain. Like sometimes if we change very fast automatically like this, we cultivate three mind states in that, in, in that time. The first one is really aversion to the old posture. You don't like it. You hate it. Then you cultivate greed for new posture. Oh, I wish I'd go there in that chair. Yeah, it's still there, blank, nobody there. So there's attachment to new posture. And then there is another mental state you cultivate, which is delusion or ignorance. You think that when you go to the chair, that will bring you everlasting happiness. <laughs> That's a delusion. <laughs> you don't want to cultivate three mental states at once. It's there in a new posture, but it's just not obvious. All right? So, let us start. Sit comfortably, feel at ease. Letting go of the past and the future. And settle back in the present moment. Make a quick survey of your body, where you feel the tension. Wherever you feel the tension, try to, try to let go. And keep the instructions simple. Though they have a profound benefit, but the instructions are very simple. Take a deep, slow breath oxygenate the blood and relax. Actually, the 
breath has a physiological and a psychological effect. It makes us relax, it makes the body relax, it makes the mind relax. So take care of the breath. Breathe as natural as possible. After taking a few deep breaths, now you can breathe as natural as possible. And bring your awareness to the nostrils of the rise and the fall of abdomen, wherever you feel the breath more distinctly. As you breathe in, be aware that you're breathing in. Know that you're breathing in, just simple as that. A mental net can be helpful as you breathe in, be aware of in and not mentally in or out when you breathe out. In case you are observing the breath at the secondary stage, which is the rise and the fall of abdomen, as the abdomen rises, be aware that it is rising. If it is contracting, be aware that it is contracting. As you breathe in and out, the abdomen contracts and expands. So these are basic instructions. But don't skip them because they are the foundation of really getting grounded in the body. Sometimes as you breathe in, you may feel the breath. Sometimes you feel the warmth. Sometimes you feel coolness of the breath at the nostrils. Sometimes you feel the touch sensations in the breath at the nostrils. Don't ignore these sensations. As you observe the breath, there are many, many sensations that arise. Be aware of them. What happened to this sensation? Are they rising? Are they passing away? Are they staying the same? Maybe what's arising for you is unpleasant sensations. It might be in a knee. Whatever it is, see if you can identify that sensation. If 
if it's unpleasant, be aware of unpleasant. Unpleasant. And then come back to the breath. You allow your awareness to toggle between that unpleasant sensation and to the breath, your primary object. So the unpleasant sensation becomes your secondary object. You don't have to create unpleasant sensation. If it's, they are not there, stay with the breath as long as you can. Sometimes unpleasant sensation arise or pain. Simply noted pain, pain. As you become aware of pain, can you sense the emotion background of that pain? Are you trying to push it away, pain? Are you indulging in pain or are you ignoring pain? Is there fear on pain? Is there anxiety? Is there aversion? These are the things that arises with pain, but most of the time we try to react and make even pain worse. If pain is left alone, it's not a big problem. But the problem is that we build many, many states around it, many mental states around it, and we make it worse. One of the things that makes pain worse is try to be aware of the present pain, and then you add the past pain that you had on going to retreat. Then if you do simple mathematics, the past and the present, that make, becomes even twice as big of pain. Another mistake we do is actually to experience the pain now and then add the future pain. Oh, that's how it's going to be eight or seven days from now. If you do simple mathematics, again, that's a lot of pain to bear in a single moment. What if you can stay with the present pain? without adding anything, without borrowing from the past. Without adding any future, simply pain. Is it throbbing? Is it pushing? Is it pulling? Is it crushing? See if you can be aware of the interesting, interesting future of the pain. Whenever we change perception of, the, of what pain is, it becomes easier to work with it. Because usually it's projected on our brain. 
just a mere change of perception, the way we perceive pain, it can make a huge difference between being caught up in pain and being free. And come back to the breath. It's not a good idea to watch pain all the time. Sometimes it's good to get another object which is neutral, like the, the breath you can come back to the whole body. You can come back to sound, internal sound or external sound, just to get a general picture. Sometimes, not all the time, pain can be dominant, can have an upper hand over everything that is arising in your experience. At that time, you may want to drop your primary object, let's say the breath, and turn to the pain with undivided attention and make pain your primary object of attention. At this stage, you want to divide pain into different properties of elements. There are elements, fire elements, Air element, so if you can be aware of pain on elemental level, with the fire element, there's hotness and coldness. So as pain is raging, sometimes it feels hot, excessive hot. So can you be aware of heat? Heat. Then the earth element, there is a hardness and softness. And when you have pain, usually we feel hardness. So see if you can be aware of hardness. 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 That's what is prominent. Sometimes air element is playing around. This is expansion and contraction. So you feel pulling and pushing in your leg. So you can bring awareness to whatever is arising in the present moment. 
whenever it becomes prominent. So one of those elements might be present in what you call pain. Whenever there's any of the imbalance in these elements, these unpleasant sensations arise. Hotness, burning, crushing, pressure, whatever it is. So by doing this, breaking apart pain into different parts, it usually dismantles the perception of pain. We lose the picture of pain, and then we write the sensations, and that can help pain to disappear. But whether pain disappears or not, that's not the problem. The key, can we understand pain? The idea is not just meditating to make pain a gawi, it's just to understand, to know the nature of pain, the intensity of pain, the nature of pain. Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Or is it staying the same? And once it subsides, you can always come back to the breath with gentleness and compassion. You switch back to the breath. The last technique is the last resort was surrender. It may not be happening for you now, but ultimately, if you cannot watch your breath, pain is raging, it's okay to change your posture with mindfulness. We are here not to practice self-mortification. We are not torturing ourselves here. We are cultivating peace, happiness. So don't torture yourself. It's okay to change the posture and continue your meditation. Maybe you are not at that stage where you go for the last resort. Just come back with the breath and follow the same instruction we have given you before. Not breathing like a balloon. Just be aware of different sensations in the breath. And don't create any sensations. We are paying attention to what's already happening naturally. So keep it simple. Don't fabricate and manufacture sensations, either in the breath or in the pain. See what's arising for you in this present moment. And gain insight into impermanence, 
unsatisfactoriness and selfless nature of that experience.
Thank you for your practice. <coughs> Let me start with announcement because I think there are many questions about pain. <laughs> so uh, it has come to our notes that uh, some, of you, some of you are finding it hard to practice uh, notes renunciation, notes writing renunciation. I mentioned that in my talk. You need to renounce uh, not writing so uh, we encourage you to renounce not writing uh, if you feel uncontrollable urge to write it's better to go through the office so you write your notes through the office and the office will Find out how to direct that note. Don't write notes to fellow yogis, friends, and all that. So that's one announcement. Another one is more of a comment on pain. It will be very interesting to find out which kind of meditator are you. There are four kinds of meditators when to come to pain. One of them is one who develops a, an attitude of really pushing our pain. Okay, I'm going to meditate in order for pain to go away. That's why I'm meditating, in order for pain to go away. That's one kind of meditator. And the way that's how we are maybe conditioned in life. Whenever you have a headache, get rid of it. Have you had rain, 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 go away? So pain, 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 go away. <laughs> so... In Uganda, we used to sing that <laughs> whenever we saw rain, 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 go away. Good luck with pain. <laughs> so we tend to reach out for painkillers. As soon as there's a headache, exterminator. We are exterminators. <laughs> Whatever we don't want, exterminate. Insecticide, herbicide, everything. We don't have to deal with anything, just exterminate. So when we come to meditate also, that's the attitude we have with just pain. We are trying to, pra we, we sit here, okay, I want pain to go away. But I told you that's not a good idea. That's desire. Desire is bipolar. One is to get, another one is to push away. So you really actually have a desire to end the pain. Second one, second kind of meditators, one who develops a macho attitude when pain comes, clench the teeth. Yeah. yeah, tighten the body. Yes, <laughs> that's a version. So that's another kind of meditator who has this kind of uh, rough attitude towards pain. Uh, yet, I think most of the meditators are like that, really. But there's another one, the third kind of meditator. I found out that kind of meditator during my interviews at Bhavana Society. They meditate in order not to feel pain, actually. They just oh, ignore it. In other words, they ignore it. I mean, whenever pain comes, they just go to the breath. I don't want to face pain. Uh, that's what called ignorance. You really ignore it, right? I think those are few meditators, but they are there, who always 
say, oh, you know, my teacher told me to observe the breath. Whenever you meditate, observe the breath. So pain, don't observe it. Just leave it there. Now there's a fourth kind of meditator. I think you want to be that kind of meditator, the fourth kind of meditator, who's meditating to know the nature of pain. I know it's counterintuitive, <laughs> the way how we, uh, we deal with headaches and all pains in our day life. But actually, when we look at uh, Buddha's mission st- um, of statement, is that suffering is to be understood. Suffering is to be understood. So pain being part of suffering, so the task, our task, is to understand it. Whether it goes away or not, that's another thing. Of course it will go away. It comes due to causes and conditions. So I think that's a good attitude to develop a foundation how to deal with pain so that we don't struggle much. We don't struggle a lot. There's a lot of struggling, tensing and all this. And that's what you need to do when you practice meditation with pain. Try to, whenever it comes, try to relax. Physically relax, don't tense yourself, and also mentally try to relax, to remove the resistance, because resistance usually what makes uh, pain worse, because of our resistance. When pain left alone, it's not such a big deal. But the proliferation we have, what pain is going to do to us, I told you, the, our leg is going to be cut, and, and we won't be able to work. After three-month retreat, we'll be kaput. <laughs> so all these mental proliferations, which we call papancha, <laughs> so makes pain worse, actually. And the vipalasa, we have about pain. And I hope you know this term already, vipalasa and papancha. <laughs> it should be part of your vocabulary, <laughs> because that's what goes on when we have pain. I'm telling you, you calculate. 60 days from here, I will have 60 times as much pain. But it's just this pain. Okay, questions. You have uh, some few minutes for questions. If you have any question, please. Right. Okay, you are the first one, I say. Okay, the question is how important the posture uh, in Buddhist teaching to awakening, reaching full awakening. How important is the posture? And she has been sitting in lotus. Have you ever been? No. Okay, you've never tried lotus. It's impossible. Okay. (laughs) I thought it was impossible, but actually I made it possible. She said that actually she's sitting in a chair. I'm sure uh, maybe uh, you are wondering whether you really reach enlightenment in a chair. I think that's the whole background <laughs> of your question. <laughs> well, there's a kind of meditation which is called anapanasati and also mindfulness of breathing. That's the place where the Buddha gave specific instruction how to sit and meditate cross-legged. The rest of the practice, mindfulness practice, some of them don't happen even when you're sitting. There's walking meditation, 
this standing meditation, the lying down meditation, you can attain enlightenment just about in any posture. Even when you are sitting in a chair, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's why you see most of the teacher now that's sitting in a chair. We, we've, we've got over that. <laughs> in one way or the other. Actually, I used to think like this. Uh, I did yoga in India way back in 1990. And in this sitting for lot, it was impossible for me. I don't know whether it's my African upbringing. Uh, we never sit in full lotus like this. We always sit in a different way in Africa. So me crossing legs was different. In fact, whenever I crossed my legs, we were suspended like this. <laughs> and that's very painful, actually. I would have demonstrated I'm sitting in a chair, but I'm telling you, I went a long way from the legs being suspended like this to sitting in a full lotus. I can sit in a full lotus. It took me time. I would sit in a full lotus one minute. I said, okay, today I'm going to sit in a full lotus one minute. After one minute, boom, over. <laughs> the next day, one month, two months, three months, after that, I was able to sit in a full lotus for 45 minutes. So you say that it's impossible. I just want to say, no, it's not impossible. It's possible if you work on it. Having said that, is actually a, full posture, a good posture is very, very important. It's very, very important, right? Uh, because uh, if you don't have a good posture, and it's slouching like this, uh, because of the law of gravity, right? We have these 10 pounds head here hanging on, <laughs> on a kind of a, these vertebrates, vertebrates in the neck. Like this, so it's just like this, and so heavy. So the, the, when we sit in a very poor posture, then the law of gravity is going to work against us. And then we be like this, going down like this, and that's not good for one, breathing. Because there will be a lot of pressure on lungs, and then you are not going to have a full breath. Right? And also we have a, our back, this... Uh, a spine cord is not actually straight like a stick. It has a natural curve. So if we don't maintain a very proper, a good posture, then we are going to go against that curve, and then pain will come sooner or later. That's why it's very good to assume a very good posture, even when you are sitting in a chair, so that you are not actually leaning there like this. So after that, you will snore, actually. <laughs> Start snoring. <laughs> That's also actually not good for your backbone. As I say, it's not straight. So the law of gravity is going to work against you like this. And then you feel pain. So the best posture is to be upright so that the law of gravity is not working against you. So that when it presses like this, there's some resist, I mean, resilience into the posture. Does that make sense? Yes, you will be enlightened. And in the chairs, and we put in in, in New York Times, <laughs> the first person to enlighten the chair. <laughs> You'll be good, don't worry. Okay, another question. Uh, I know there's the, the person there, I'll come to you. So we have to end 15. Okay, we have four minutes. Okay, mm -hmm. no, no, we have time. <laughs> That's very generous of you. <laughs> Did you renounce your question? <laughs> That's a good renunciation. 
instant renunciation. <laughs> okay. Eh? Okay. Sorry, you are curious the relationship between between pain and death. Okay, that's wonderful. So anyway, uh, you can ask it during the interviews and all that. So no problem, when you have more time. Oh, it's so an observation. <laughs> so, should we take it as an observation? <laughs> it sets both. So, maybe it can come up an, another time, so because it's a little bit involved. Right, so you can ask it uh, maybe another time. Let's go to the. Yeah. So, yesterday when I was meditating and there was a lot of pain, uh. Yes, it's, it's called aditana, which means determination. Yes. So you make a strong resolution. I'm not going to budge. Yes. I'm not going to go until it goes out. So can you, can you talk about what, what places resolve having the practice? Well, <laughs> yes, it plays a, bi a, a, a big role. And uh, for me, uh, as far as resolutions concerned, um, Feel it's individual, right? I'm not going to set standards for all of you. You know that you you meditate for two hours and sit in pain for 30 minutes, and after that you may, you only change the posture. No, no, I'm not going to set time like this. But for me, I have set some kind of tolerance levels. I have some limits when I'm observing pain. Yes, uh, as I say, okay, I'm, if I'm sitting for 45 minutes and then, uh, or one hour, and then, they, usually I know when pain kicks in, like maybe after 45 minutes or like this, and then I say, okay, now I have to be on guard. I have to watch. <laughs> All right? So then I just become aware of, of pain, and then how much can I push eh? a little bit further? Be, uh, Patience, right? And so I, I try to be patient. Patient. I remember, okay, uh, this is my body, right? If I can't be patient with my body, how am I going to be patient with others, right? 
So this is my body. And if I am impatient, then I will be impatient also with other people and other things in life. So I try to be as much patient as possible. And then I, I determine, okay, uh, through my experience, I know, okay, I'm going to re release pain three times. That's my tolerance levels. After I will release one time like this, and then I continue to sit. And then I continue to sit. And then I feel like sweating and bursting and two pieces. And <laughs> then I release a little bit and then go. And then the third time I release. After I put in one hour, the usual time I meditate or so, so then I can change posture. So it varies from individual to individual. It's up to you how much you want to tolerate. You don't want to sit there and crying and all um, really like sweating and all this in pain because you want to meditate like Bhante Buddha Rakita. No, no, it's not that way. No, some meditators, I was in Tatagata Meditation where I, Center where I ordained, we had yogis who were sitting for four hours in a stretch. Yes, you don't want to have such a result because other people are sitting for four hours. It's individual, it's up to you. Yeah, it's more personalized. This time is up. Thank you very much for your question. I've learned up a lot actually from your questions. So I was taken away, actually. This is very interesting questions. We can address them later. Thank you very much. Yes. All right, if you haven't answered your question, please, <laughs> you can ask again. <laughs> and uh, it's, this all involved questions, and uh, we need more answers, so we can answer them later on. Don't worry. I didn't put all them off. <laughs> Otherwise, I won't be popular here. <laughs> These monkeys are avoiding questions. <laughs> no, I don't want to give you half doors. I want to give full doors. That's why I waited a little bit. Thank you very much. So let's go for interviews. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.